Imagine achieving everything you devoted your life working towards, only to find yourself having to retire at age 33. This is my life now, and while I'm not sure what's next for me, I know I am excited to take you guys along with me on this adventure as we share in this journey together. In this podcast, I want to support your journey towards the future you dream of as you create it with unwavering determination. Life's infinite possibilities begin with just being yourself. Stay true to what you value most, silence the critics with your self-expression, and expect to win. Welcome to Just Be Yourself with Julia Mancuso. Yeah, I was just thinking that we should actually document the time that I took Sunny on the stand-up paddleboard. So there's this little bay next to our house, and it's all rocks, and there's a bit of surf that comes in there, depending on the conditions, but it's not that easy to get in and out of the water. And Julia wanted me to go foiling, and it was almost sunset, and she wants my ice cream now. I had enough time to go for a quick session before sunset, but I was pushing it and she was encouraging me to go. And then when I agreed and said I would go, she decided that her and Sunny wanted to join me. And I didn't quite understand what that meant. So we started walking through the logistics and somehow it was suggested by Julia that we take a stand-up paddleboard down to the public access next to our house into this bay, which is all rock, and that I would help them get into the water. And then I would take my foil gear from the house out to the public access out on the point and jump in and they would meet me out there to go and foil. None of it made sense to me. It was a really nice evening and I wanted to be out in the water with Sonny so he could watch his dad and like, just cruise. Yeah, which was, all good in theory but I had gone to physical therapy and driven by the beach and actually knew that there was a building swell and that the waves were probably a little bit too big to have a family session. And Julia didn't really How want to old was Sunny at this point? How long was this before we went to Fiji? It was like in April. So he wasn't a year old, but he was like nine months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like... Less than a year old. Yeah. So we take Sunny down to the bay with the paddleboard, and I help Julia and Sunny get into the water, and then stand there looking into the glare with big enough surf crashing against the rocks. So the surf's big enough that I can't actually hear what Julia's saying. And I'm standing on the rocks trying to like talk to her. But the glare is, you know, strong and looking into the setting sun. Thinking it's a terrible idea. Trying to figure out what we're doing and what our plan is. And she's yelling stuff at me and I can't hear what she's saying. And I'm just standing there going, what are we doing right now? And so she takes off and starts paddling out to the ocean, like the middle of the ocean, towards where I was. And mind you, I'm just like 
also the point of the story is that Sonny loved it. This was the first time he was ever on the stand-up paddleboard and he was like, this is awesome. He loved being on the water. He was so calm. And so I just felt super comfortable because I'm like, oh, Sonny loves it. So I come back to the house and I'm getting my foil gear ready and I had to change out some, uh, some wings and stuff. And I'm walking out to the point and I just, had this really bad feeling. I just had this uneasiness and this really, like, just, I was sick to my stomach thinking about where my son was. And I mean, I'm not worried about my wife in the ocean in the most normal conditions, but I just had a really bad feeling. And I get to the keyhole uh, out on the point where the uh, public access is where we launch to go in and out of, and here comes Julia and Sonny paddling in the keyhole. And I was obviously very relieved and helped them get out of the water. It's all rocky and helped with the board and Sonny and stuff and paddled out for my foil. And I get out in the water and I had texted a friend of mine who happens to be one of the, the local lifeguards here at one of the beaches uh, just down the coast and was planning on meeting him out there for a foil. And it's like sunset at this point. Like the sun has set and it's like not getting dark, but it's like too late for me to go foiling. And I get out there and he's like, he's like, hey, like, oh my gosh, your wife and your kid just paddled out into the middle of the ocean. And I just sat there as a career lifeguard. And he said, I was going through the scenarios of what would happen if there was a set and it was inconsistent. So, you know, there were not a lot of waves in between the sets, but this building swell was coming in and when the sets came, they were large. And he just said that he was going through different scenarios of what would happen if there was a set. And he said it was the worst thing he had ever experienced in, you know, I don't know how many years he's been a lifeguard here, but over 20 for sure. And I just, looked at him and apologized because I had explained everything to my wife and she didn't listen. And fortunately everything was okay, but it was a very interesting time for our family. Yeah, but we made it. So all's well that ends well. But when I got in, I did say, I won't do that again, I promise. Because <laughs> I do remember being out in the bay thinking, hmm, that was kind of a big set out there. The waves looked bigger than I thought. But then I looked in and it was this rocky bay and Dylan had already left. And I was thinking to myself, it looks harder to get in where I just came from. So I think I'll just paddle around. And there's actually a deep water channel in between where the wave breaks and where the rocks are. So you can sort of sneak through the inside, which is what I think that Dylan thought like, worst case scenario, no, they'll just paddle was, on the inside like he envisioned. What, that's what we had talked about. And when I got out there, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of white water. I'm just gonna go out and around, which, you know, I think and as I've always said, I did not grow up in the ocean and I don't have the intuition of worst case scenario. I always think this is how things are. And um, I, you know, say that I'm a fish out of water, especially since my married last name is Fish. 
and Dylan's last name is Fish, so uh, sometimes I don't make the best decisions, but I definitely recognized when I got back that I wouldn't do that again, and it was really silly. But talking about how comfortable Sonny is in the water, he loved it the whole time. It was splashing in his face. The wind actually picked up. It wasn't really that nice. It was definitely not worth it if you do risk versus reward, but he was loving it. He was singing, and he just loves being in the ocean. So I think we had just been talking about taking sunny surfing and there's some really funny videos on the internet of this guy throwing his kid after the wave and he can swim and Dylan said yeah but that kid's like what three four or five years old Julia actually told me I was gonna have to step up my game yeah and he's like well said well how old is that kid he knows how to swim and she's like three years old I was like give me another year and a half we'll be doing just fine and I should show you the kid that's Sunny's age almost that swims a year and a half and it's insane if you guys haven't seen that swimming baby it's like the coolest thing ever she did infant swim rescue and she's this little tiny baby doesn't talk at all one and a half years old and she swims across the pool we don't have infant swim rescue teachers here on maui i really actually love that program so i've been looking for it and i've been trying to do some of my own and it's different obviously if you're not putting through program but he doesn't really like holding his breath. He's really funny, but he loves surfing. So I know that he's gonna be fine in the water, but uh, yeah, that is why I told Dylan Shepard's game. But then Dylan told me that he was getting tons of compliments out of the pavils because I guess Sonny is one of the youngest little rippers out there. I've had multiple experiences just in the last week where people ask how old Sonny is when we come in from our little sessions and I tell them almost 15 months a couple weeks ago and 15 months now officially and people are like, wow, he's definitely the youngest I've ever seen out here. And I look at the people and I say, well, that's interesting because he's been doing this for over a year since he was four months old. (laughs) So call us crazy. But I guess it's just more fearless parenting, trying to imprint our love of nature into our kids. And now back to preparing the coffee machine for the morning. (laughs) Good night. Welcome to another Be My Guest episode. I love these episodes as they introduce you to members of our listener community to share their own story of how they unlocked their life's possibilities by just being themselves. Nancy Radetic, aka Green Living Mommy of Reno, Nevada, wrote to me, I'm a mom of two and just coming to terms with self-love and loving my body. I want my children to see a happy mom and one who doesn't engage in negative self-talk. It was a long road to get here, but I finally arrived thanks to the help of my children and I wanna share my story with others. Nancy is a mother of two, a nurse, and a master's student in Maharishi Ayurvedic medicine who is devoted to helping save the earth through green living. I also understand she's married to an Austrian native and avid skier who actually encouraged her to submit her story. I'm so grateful for that because I connect on this in so many ways, being a new mom myself. So Nancy, welcome to Just Be Yourself. Hi, I'm happy to be here. 
So in your message, you said it's been a long road to get here in relation to coming to terms with self-love, body image, and negative self-talk. So let's just start from the beginning and tell us about the small town of Buchanan, Michigan, where you grew up. It's a great place to grow up. Kind of one of those towns where everyone knows everyone. You don't lock your door, and if you're at a party, your parents know you're there by the time you even get home from the party. So it was great growing up there, but I just kind of always knew that I wanted to leave because I had a very closed-minded mentality, and we didn't really talk to people that weren't from our town, and no one really left our town. And there's a saying that if you put your feet in the creek that runs through our town, you never leave. So when my mom told me that, I never did. I'm one of the only people that left, I think, from my class. It was a great place. Like, I have great memories and still some of my best friends live there, of course, with their kids. I don't know why it reminds me a little of that show. Did you watch Friday Night Lights? Yes, and I was going to say that. That's so funny that you associate that. Sports are everything, and that's where everyone is on a Friday night is the football game and Pizza Hut afterwards. (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah, I was just imagining that when you were explaining. I was thinking, I feel this is a very familiar story. So I'm sure most Americans growing up in the Midwest can probably relate to that a ton. So tell us more about your family and what it was like growing up in that small town. Very traditional small town. And my family is not traditional whatsoever. We didn't really fit in, I guess. My mom's family had been there forever. My grandpa was a plumber, my grandma was a cleaning lady, and my uncle owned a salon. So everyone kind of knew my family. My dad's family was from the next town. But my parents were both married before they were married to each other. So I have two half-sisters from my dad and one half-sister from my mom. And then they got married and had me, which is kind of, for my town, very not conventional. And they got divorced. I have a lot of older sisters who were pretty much like my mom. And I grew up mainly with my grandparents. I always went to their house after school and have really great memories of being there. And my grandpa and my grandma were awesome. And I was so lucky to have them for so long. My grandpa just passed away. He made it to 100 and was the oldest veteran in our town. What drove your decision to finally get out of town and go do something else? I used to go to a summer camp out in California and I just met a lot of kids that I connected with, I identified with, and they were very open and nobody cared about what kind of clothes you wore, if you played volleyball or they didn't care about that kind of stuff. We talked about music and the environment and just things that seemed really important and relevant, I guess, at that time. And so I just always knew like, I need to make a plan and get out of here and I was always kind of a little hippie. I remember my teachers always like saying like peace (laughs) to me in the hallway and like go hug a tree whenever I raise my hand to make a comment in class. So I was always wanting to shop at Goodwill. My mom was very embarrassed. So she would like drop me off around the corner and wait in the car and she would never go in there with me (laughs) to go to Goodwill. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I was a little hippie at heart and never kind of fit in. (laughs) 
So your parents thought you were a little strange too. What was your relationship? Your mom wouldn't drop you off in front of Goodwill. How was that? My mom is very proper and my family is very proper. And I'm kind of the black sheep. And like I said, the little hippie that was like shopping at Goodwill and wearing tie-dye and making hemp jewelry. So it was always kind of the oddball out. But they loved me and they accepted me. They didn't give me a hard time about it. It was just kind of me. I'm the baby of the family. And that was just kind of... Kind of how I always was. I think we all have our struggles with our parents in certain ways or just how we feel when they're growing up looking back. For me, I look a lot at that relationship and it helps guide me towards how I want to be as a mother and sort of draw on those past experiences. So I think for sure, looking back, our parents have such a huge impact on so many things in our life, maybe that they don't even realize. And I think you don't realize until you become a parent yourself, which I find really interesting, even little things. So you spoke about negative self-talk. Was any of that related to how you were growing up or the way you were raised and what contributed to that? Like I said, my mom's very proper. We were very into appearances and I just wasn't. So for me, that was always something that didn't come natural to really care about my hair, if my outfit matched or that kind of stuff. So I just kind of had that instilled in me and we didn't play sports. I wasn't exposed to that. So I didn't get that kind of confidence growing up. So I literally, when I went to high school, I knew that basketball and that kind of stuff existed, but that there was like a team and it was organized and we played other schools had no idea that this was going on so it was all kind of really new to me and I missed out on that so I was always a little insecure about my body and just lacking self-confidence and that carried throughout my life and it really took a long time to really come to terms with accepting myself and learning how to love myself and like I said my kids were the biggest turning point in that I can relate to that so much because as an athlete, we are told to perform well, but then I know I always had negative body image and I was very focused on certain things. Looking back at pictures of me when I was younger, the same age you're talking about high school, I cringe. (laughs) And I'm thinking that in one sense, I feel really lucky that I didn't have to think about it as much as kids do nowadays because of social media, because of smartphones. You can constantly look at yourself in the mirror. And I remember growing up, I would look at myself in the mirror when I went to the bathroom or first thing in the morning after the shower. And I might have made some funny choices, but I was kind of like you. I didn't really care about my hair. A lot of my friends made jokes about even brushing my hair. So (laughs) I was always sort of the outlier when it came to that too. And because I know that I did have that negative self-talk and the little bit negative meaning, the way that I looked at myself was easy to forget because it wasn't in my face all day. So it really allowed me to be myself, which it sounds similar to you. Not having that pressure allowed you to, when you turn off the noise, just be yourself. Yeah. And it was really hard. I mean, just the littlest things that kids pick on, like if you have like a big nose or ears, or I had a large chest and that was just something that made me so uncomfortable my whole life and led me to have plastic surgery and have another surgery to fix that. I understand you moved to South Beach in Florida at 19 and just what drove your decision to move there? I had been to Florida a few times for spring break and I knew that there was like a university around there in the area. So I figured I'm going to move there and be a bartender in the nightclubs and go to school. wasn't a 
bartender, but I just thought it would be so easy to just move there and do that. And it just looked like a really amazing place and fun and exciting. I'm a small town girl, so it seemed so glamorous and just packed up and moved. How does that fit in with really finding your journey into being yourself? And how did you transition from this glamorous, crazy lifestyle in South Beach, Florida into someone focused on green living? Living in South Beach, it's really easy to get caught up in going out every night. I kind of lost that sense of my little like hippiness that I say that I had and got caught up in it. So when I became a nurse, I decided I want to do travel nursing and leave and go live somewhere for a few months and see the country and figure out where I want to live because I think it's my time to find somewhere else. When I left and came out here to Reno, kind of all came back to me a little bit more natural, more slower pace. I had my kids. So that was the biggest factor. You're really more conscious of the impact you make and how you want to leave the earth and what you want to teach them. So... That was a really big change for me. I know you put a lot of time and effort into green living, and I'd love to know more about your journey and how that became something so important in your life as well. When I had kids, I just really became more conscious about the impact that I have. And the biggest thing I can do is teach my children how to be more conscious. And yeah, we travel and yeah, we bring our own silverware and our own straws. We bring our own diapers when we travel. We try to be as green and healthy as possible, teach our kids. They always have a choice. You can choose this, you can choose this. One is always better, but it's totally up to them. And it sounds like your journey to green living is not only about the environment, but also about holistic medicine. So you're a nurse, but you're also getting your master's. I would just love to know, and I'm sure our audience would love to know more about Ayurvedic medicine. So working in the hospital, it's kind of the same treatment plan for everyone, even though we're all completely different. So it was really frustrating seeing the same people come in for the same thing all the time. And I'm like, there's got to be a different way. So I really started researching like alternative medicine. And that's how I found Rishi medicine. And what really appealed to me about the Maharishi part of it is that we focus a lot on meditation as part of treatment and as part of our daily life. And do you incorporate that also into healthcare and the way that you look at your kids? It's definitely finding different therapies and finding what works best is trial and error in our house. But it's been interesting, actually, just to see what works. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one concept that most people overlook, that it's always trial and error because we are so different. And I really believe the same way. Also with intuition, which I feel like Maharishi Ayurvedic medicine really touches on that because as we meditate more, we get more in line with our intuition and also that helps healing and the outcomes. So I think green living takes effort, but once you get the ball rolling and once you get it simplified, like you talked about, it's easy. It has to be something that you're going to actually do. And you said it exactly, like just simplifying your life. It's so much more natural and in tune with nature. 
about Maharishi Ayurvedic. So our texts are thousands of years old, like AD they date back to, and they're talking about doing nasal surgery on patients with tools made out of diamonds. And I mean, there's gotta be something to it that if it's been around for this long, like there are ways to heal that aren't a pill or aren't cutting into someone. And so I think it's worth investigating and maybe it's a little bit of both that really works. One thing that I really want to like educate my kids on is what you put on your body is also really important, not just what we're eating too. Yeah. And I think that would actually be awesome. Do you have tips to reading labels or what do you look for in a product? Is it maybe just the length of the label? I always go to the company itself if I'm interested in the product. And usually they have like a detailed list of what goes in each thing. Because especially on cosmetics, they don't list all the ingredients. Once you start investigating a little bit, I have like my favorite go-to brands that I just always know are usually going to be a safe bet and just avoid anything with the word fragrance or perfume is the number one thing that I always try and make sure nothing has, which is really hard because it's pretty much in everything. We order our laundry detergent online and it's delivered to our door, which is really easy if you're a parent. And it has six ingredients, I think, in it. And just the simpler, the better. Yeah, there's a ton of cool new products. And for people listening, is that something you're into on your Instagram? Do you list products and stuff? I'm very, very picky about things that I do recommend. So if it's something that I'm recommending, it's really something that I've researched and something that I actually use. That's great. So I'll definitely have everyone check out Green Living Mommy on Instagram. And just to close it out, tell us how you manage just being yourself on a daily basis. For me, it's doing stuff that really brings me joy and makes me happy and really resonates with me. A lot of times when I was younger in life, I would say yes to doing something just because I wanted to be nice. So now that I'm a little bit older, I just really want to do stuff that's authentic for me. And if it's not something that I'm truly passionate about, I don't want to put my time and energy into that. And I'm very conscious about where I'm putting my energy and the people I have around me. And I really just want people who make me happy and bring me joy. And I want to put that out in the universe as well. What advice would you have for those listening who may still be struggling with self-love, body image, and negative self-talk? I would say to just really trust your gut and listen to yourself and your intuition. It might not be your time in your life at that particular moment. I think that everything is going to come into fruition and everyone has their time to shine and it's coming. Sometimes there's a lesson that you need to learn first and sometimes there's something you need to go through first to really get that confidence and just know that it's a process. It's a journey. You'll get there and every step along the way is teaching you something and it's beautiful and you will one day look back and really value all of this, even though it might seem hard now. 
Those are such beautiful words and such great advice. And I thank you so much for being on this episode of Be My Guest, Nancy. It's been awesome talking to you. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. This is my first podcast. (laughs) Well, you did awesome. I love your story. I think so many people can really relate to coming from a small town with small dreams to just going for it and putting yourself out there, doing something different, following your passion and watching your passions change and and really bringing it all together with a family and simple living. I think that's really a common theme right now in the world is everyone just reflecting on what is the most meaningful in their life and how can they simplify their life to make it better. And I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And thank you for being a part of our community. Until next time, I'm Julia Mancuso, and always remember, life's infinite possibilities begin with just being yourself. Just Be Yourself is produced by Social Frequency Media.